What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of Don't Get It Twisted, where we are going to untwist the twisted truth. Is that my new slogan? That's kind of the cheesiest thing ever. I sound like a detective, a CSI investigator, a member of the Criminal Minds team. I've never watched any of those shows, so did that make any sense? Don't really know. But I am so excited for another episode this week because this is going to be a very interesting topic, a very deep and personal topic, and it's something that I feel like absolutely needs to be heard. Now, I'm recording this episode on the 3rd of July, so right before the quote-unquote holiday weekend. And whether or not we're actually really having a holiday this weekend or not, I feel like there's still kind of always this weird feeling that I get around every 4th of July of just downright fear and anxiousness and having no clue what to do with myself because I'm so nervous about the holiday. Now let me explain. Every summer I get this way. Every time there is a national holiday where there is lots of people, I just start to end up feeling so in my head, very self-conscious about myself because I just don't feel confident enough to be out and about in a bathing suit, in a dress, like even in flip-flops, like I have ugly toes, like I just don't feel confident about myself, especially on a national holiday when it's kind of quote-unquote expected to go out and about and have a good time. Now, of course, this 4th of July is a little bit different for a lot of reasons. The main one being that we are in a global pandemic, so there isn't the normal 4th of July fireworks, the 4th of July barbecues, but you know, you could still be hanging out with your household. You could still be quarantining with maybe six people six feet apart outdoors like there's little ways to still kind of celebrate and I'm not exactly going to be doing anything extravagant myself but we were planning to try and go down to the lake and wow even just saying that out loud gets me so worked up I get so worried because first and foremost what the heck am I going to wear do I wear a bathing suit if so, what kind? Is it a bikini? Is it a one piece? Is it a tankini? There's a lot of different options here. Second of all, I am pasty white. I am so screamingly white that everybody is going to be blinded by the translucency of my skin. So do I put on fake tan? Probably not. I have absolutely no idea how to do that. Do I overload myself with sunblock and then just perpetuate my translucency? Do I put on just a little bit of sunblock so I can try and get a tan, but then knowing that most likely will not work? and I will just burn. These are just kind of the thoughts that immediately run through my mind. Now, the bottom line of this all is that I am just not the kind of person that feels confident about these holidays because I get so in my head, in my mind about what people are going to think about me, how I'm going to look, how I'm going to feel, how my actions will even be portrayed because of the way I'm feeling. Like I just get so worked up because of holidays like this. And maybe I'm the only one thinking these kinds of things. And I kind of thought that for a long time. But then I was having a conversation with my friend about the 4th of July. And I was like, yep, 4th of July is coming up like it's next weekend or something. And the first thing she says to me is, oh, the thought of being in a bathing suit sounds terrifying. And I don't know if I was more comforted 
or hurt by her words because I don't ever want anybody to be in a kind of position where they don't feel confident in themselves. But similarly, I am that person. I don't feel confident with myself. So I kind of just want to take this time really to do a full Q&A with you all with questions all about body confidence. Because here's the thing. I am never going to talk to you as an expert of any field truly because I just am not. I'm only ever talking to you about my personal experience. But with a huge topic like this, I have my own slip ups. I am not perfect. I am just somebody who has a loud personality and I'm broadcasting that to the internet. And that doesn't mean I am more confident than anybody else. That doesn't mean I am more assured of myself than anybody else. If anything, the internet can bring out a lot more of my insecurities than I'd ever noticed before. But my point being is I am not more special than anybody. I am especially not more important or more special than you. But I hope I can just use my platform and my podcast today to talk about something like this that is a really important issue and we can talk about it together as if this is a dialogue and I wish I could even have some of you Skype in or maybe even pop in and ask some questions on a one-on-one basis but for the time being I have a beautiful list of questions from you all that I feel like are going to encompass a really 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 good conversation and when I say I have a lot of questions from you all I was so darn overwhelmed I think I have hundreds. Like I didn't even think there was hundreds of you that were listening to this podcast. (laughs) That's a lie. I know that's not true, but you get my point. Like I just didn't think there was going to be such an overwhelmingly involved response. And that just goes to show me that this topic really hits home for a lot of people. But before we get going, there's something I really want to talk about because it's been on my mind quite a bit lately. And that is virtue signaling. Now, honestly, I had never heard this term before up until the past week. And I had to do a lot of research on even understanding what it meant. And I feel like even acknowledging this term and understanding what it means helped me recognize how important it is to be the exact opposite of a virtue signaler. I think it can be really detrimental to myself and especially to you as an audience member. And I just want to reiterate the fact that I never want you to think that I am ever virtue signaling, especially even with this podcast where I'm talking about things that maybe could be really hard to talk about, or I'm saying that a lot of these things aren't as widely discussed on the internet as maybe I or you would have liked. But that really does not mean that I am better than anybody else by talking about these things. I just kind of wanted to create an open platform where these kinds of things could be discussed on a more open basis. That does not mean I am above anybody else. That does not mean I'm cooler than anybody else. That doesn't mean I am more real, more authentic. Like, no, absolutely not gross. That is just not me. And I just never want my messages to be misconstrued. Now, I'm not saying anybody told me I was virtue signaling. I'm just kind of laying the ground for you because that is something that is the exact opposite of anything I'd ever want to do. So the only thing I can ever do for you is to be me. And hopefully that is enough and hopefully you enjoy that. But holy heck, let's get away from all of this cheese bonus. There's practically some smoked Gouda in the room because I'm baking so much cheesy content for you all at this moment. You're probably just gagging at me. But body confidence, baby. Let's move on from the cheese right on over to the body confidence. Love myself some cheese. Let's go. Okay, let's start with something fun. That's actually a little bit off brand. What are some tips for feeling confident when it comes to dating? I actually had this exact thought the other day and something that came to me as this aha eureka moment is knowing how to be yourself the same way that you should be yourself when you're in an interview. 
And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but hear me out with this rationale. When you're applying for a job, a lot of times you kind of go into the interview and you're thinking about all of these buzzwords that you probably think that you need to say, or maybe you're referencing your resume because it's so polished and so put together. And you're talking about how you're a hard worker and you're determined and you're a go-getter, like all of these little adjectives, these buzzwords that you know are what employers maybe want to hear. But honestly, something I learned in my job search was it had nothing to do with really what I was saying, but rather how I was saying it. And honestly, the vibe that I would give off to employers or even people who were applying for organizations that I've been a part of, it was so much more about what I was connecting with them about, how I felt their energy, what we were just vibing about. And that kind of sounds like gross to say, but vibes, you know? But when it comes to interviewing, when it comes to dating, at the end of the day, I never remember those kind of weird initial conversations with somebody. But it's really how you made them feel and how they make you feel that ultimately ends up giving you a better connection, a lasting relationship, and perhaps a job with whatever context we're talking about. So when it comes to confidence in regards to dating, I know it sounds like the simplest thing ever, but just try to be you. Try to be the most you that you've ever been. Because if this is really something that's going to work for the long term, the worst thing that you would want is for your significant other to fall in love with somebody that isn't really you. The best thing you could do for yourself is to be as you as possible. Then you've already won. I mean, you don't have to put on any show. You don't have to do anything other than be yourself. And it's as simple as that. Before I move any further, I will give a little bit of a trigger warning as I will probably be talking about eating disorders or anything related to body dysmorphia in the remainder of this podcast. So if that's something that is triggering to you, please hop off of this podcast. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening. What are your opinions on modern society glorifying eating disorders or body dysmorphia? I think it is one of the most detrimental things that is a part of the modern social media age right now. I don't really know how it got started. In all honesty, I find it quite repulsive, especially as somebody who came from a family where we have dealt with very at-home personal situations in regards to body dysmorphia and anorexia. And it just is absolutely mortifying that there are people that think it is okay to push such a harmful and hurtful message into minds that can be so easily molded by what they see online, especially when it comes to my younger audience members. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. I don't even really know like what more to say about it other than it really just disgusts me. I think the only thing that you can do as an active member of social media is to try and never engage with content like that, especially if it pops up on your For You page, if it's on your Twitter feed, if it's on your Instagram feed. Don't give that kind of content any attention. Try to recognize what it is at its face value and understand how harmful it is and recognize that it is not okay and it's not appropriate whatsoever. Gosh, sorry, that got me a little bit heated, but it's really the fucking truth and it's just awful. It's terrible and I don't know why anybody thinks it's okay to upload that kind of content. I think they think it will get them views, likes, whatever. Oh God, it just grosses me out. Confidence in your workplace. How do you manage imposter syndrome? Oh my golly. 
I never understood the term imposter syndrome. I never really knew what it was. I think my whole life I've felt it, but never knew that there was this term that embodied everything that I was feeling. But it's all summed up as imposter syndrome. And that's not a good thing. I'm not trying to say that that is something that I'm striving for. But I've always felt that in any organization, any job I've ever had, I never felt like I was good enough. I never felt like I deserved to be there. Even in college when I was elected to be, or not elected, chosen to be, (laughs) I was chosen to be a president of an organization, I never felt like I was the right person for the job. I was always comparing myself to the people who held the position before me. I was always comparing myself to the people on my team, thinking that they would do a better job than myself. It just never felt like something I was so happy with myself with for accomplishing. And that's really sad because looking back now, I can recognize how cool of an accomplishment that was, or even the job that I'm at right now. Like It was the coolest thing for me to get the job that I was at. And quite honestly, it was my dream position. So how could I not be happy? But I constantly was telling myself that there was other candidates that were better than me. And I think one thing that's extremely important to remember is you were chosen for a reason. And whether or not you can see that in yourself your fellow colleagues, your managers, your bosses, whomever, they can see it in you. And yes, it is important to continually show up and do the job that you know that you are capable of doing. But know that you're in that space for a reason. You don't have to constantly prove to yourself that you are worthy enough of being there. Know that you are. Know that you are good enough to have a seat in that meeting, a seat at that table, a badge with your name on it, like whatever it may be. Even if it takes a second of just having like an aha moment while you're journaling or when you get your first pay stub, something like that, that just kind of feels monumental where you go, fuck yeah, like I did this. I am meant to be here. I worked my ass off to get to this point and I am more than capable of doing this job and kicking ass at it. I have a bigger problem comparing myself with people in my life than on social media. Can you relate? Honestly, yes. I have the strangest memories of even comparing myself with somebody that I admired in the first grade. Like ever since I can remember, I was always looking at other kids around me or looking at other people around me and just admiring them in a way that I would never see myself in that same light. I would never give myself the same kind of respect that I gave to these other people that I would constantly compare myself to. And maybe it's a little bit of my sun sign as a Scorpio. I don't know if any of you are into horoscopes, but I'm pretty into all of that. And I find it actually is a huge part of my personality, whether or not you believe in it or not. I think it's fascinating. But Scorpios can be quite jealous and they can be quite comparative people. And I feel like that's something that has been one of my biggest weaknesses my entire life. And I do agree that it probably feels more prominent with the people in front of me, the people around me than on social media. Because if there's somebody on social media that I feel like I'm constantly comparing myself to, and trust me, that also happens all the time, I can easily mute them. I can easily unfollow them. I can kind of put them aside for a second and focus on myself if it's not going to be positive for my mindset. But with people in your life, it's so hard to find a balance of supporting others, but without thinking negatively of yourself for not achieving the same successes. And maybe I'm the only one who kind of thinks this way, but I've always just had a really hard time of simply celebrating people to celebrate them rather than celebrating them and then going home and comparing myself to their successes and saying that mine aren't as great as theirs. I think we probably do this with people in our personal lives because it's personal. 
quite honestly. These are people that mean a lot to us. These are people that we look up to and we know so much about. So it kind of feels like maybe you've been in similar circumstances to them. Maybe you've had a similar upbringing. Maybe you've had similar opportunities as them. So maybe you kind of go through that mindset of, well, shit, they've accomplished this, that, and the other thing. And I've had all of the same time to do the exact same thing. Why haven't I done that? And to reiterate a very cliche, but very important phrase, you do not know the full story of anybody's situation. Let's just take me, for example. You follow me perhaps on social media, or maybe you're just listening to this podcast. Maybe you know me in real life. If so, hello, hi, say hi to me in person. (laughs) You're only seeing a little bit of my life or the parts of my life that I choose to share. And sure, you don't know me personally, but it's very easy for you to look at what I share to you and compare yourself to me. Even if we were friends in real life, I would be doing the exact same thing. You only choose to say things out loud that you actually want to share with other people. So if you don't want to share things, you're not going to say them. So you always need to remind yourself of that when you're comparing yourself to your friends or to your family members or just somebody that you you know from work. You're never going to know the full story and you're probably just going to look at their highlights and compare yourself to them based off of those things. But Remind yourself that everybody has a deeper story. Everybody has a larger picture that we are not able to see. And most importantly, somebody else's success does not take away from your own. And this took me a really, really long time to recognize. Like I mentioned, I'm a Scorpio. I'm detrimentally jealous. If somebody got a promotion at their job over you, or maybe somebody has more followers than you on Instagram, whatever context you want to look at this at. That does not take away from your own success. That does not take away from who you are as a person. That does not mean that you are not also able to get a promotion or also have more followers on Instagram. In my opinion, there is no space that only has room for one person to succeed. And just because somebody is doing something really well does not mean you are not doing something really well. So always remember what you've done, what you've accomplished, what you want to accomplish, your dreams, your goals, and how you can push towards them. And just because somebody accomplishes something faster than you, it doesn't mean that you won't do it yourself. When you're feeling insecure, what's something that you say or do to feel more confident? Love this question. If I'm feeling insecure, I try and go back to the things that I know I feel very secure about. So one way of doing this could literally be reciting out loud a few things that you're grateful for every single morning. Now, my friend Sadie Smart taught me about this because she's all about manifestation and gratitude and self-care, and I absolutely love her for that. And basically, something that I've seen her do that I've started to try and do myself is every single morning, literally look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am grateful for blank. I am grateful for my family. I am grateful for my health. I am grateful for my body, literally whatever it is, name the things that you are extremely grateful for, the things that you are most secure with in your life. For me, focusing on all these positive things rather than narrowing down on my insecurities can so positively help my mindset. And yes, I know it kind of sounds like a little bit of a cheesy thing, but give it a try. And even if you're uncomfortable with that, like whip out a journal, write those things down instead. Similarly, I also like to do things that I know are going to be helpful for me in the long run. So let's say, for example, like today, July 3rd, tomorrow is the 4th of July. I don't want to be outside in a bathing suit. I just absolutely hate that very thought. Like it's making me 
right now. So something that I'm doing today is just being a lot more mindful about what I'm eating. Maybe I took some processed foods out of my diet that I normally would incorporate. Maybe I started my day with oatmeal instead of a bowl of cereal. It's little tiny things like that that I feel like will be better for my body. It will fuel me better throughout the day. And then I'll honestly feel like, hell yeah, I took care of myself. I did the necessary things that I wanted to do to feel confident for today, for tomorrow, for my future. And you know what? I'm taking those small steps now. So I'm having a longer lasting sustainable health for the future. That sounds really just, I don't know, philosophical and cheesy, but I really want you to take in what I'm saying and take it at its face value. I mean this wholeheartedly and it's just something that I'm quite literally struggling with in the moment as I'm in literal fear of the 4th of July. And kind of going back to the conversation I had with my friend, I recognize that I was not the only one feeling this way. And sometimes I get all up in my brain thinking that everybody around me is so confident and so happy and everything's happy-go-lucky. And I'm not saying that we all need to just team up and talk about our insecurities and just, you know, have a pity party. But sometimes it can be really reassuring to talk things through with a close personal friend, a close personal friend. (laughs) And then you don't feel so alone. And maybe then the two of you can honestly help each other lift one another up. Okay, now I want to talk about outfit choices because I got quite a few questions about how to wear things when you're not feeling confident to wear them. And for me, I feel like this kind of hits home as a short girl. And let me explain why. I've never felt very secure about my body because I kind of feel like everything is is kind of secured in this little fun package, like almost like a Happy Meal. Everything's just sort of, you know, squeezed in together. There's not a lot of room for length. There's not a lot of room for leaning things out. So it always feels like my weight is a lot more noticeable than maybe on some of my taller leaner friends. Now I want to share a few different outfit hacks that I've come through over the years that have helped me feel just a lot more confident when I don't feel like I can wear anything because of my short stature. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. First and foremost, shoes. Ladies, short ladies, males who want to wear heels, or anybody who wants to wear a little bit of a wedge get yourself a shoe with a teeny bit of a platform. I don't know why I just jumped on this train years and years late, but I just got myself a pair of Air Force Ones. I know, I'm basic, I know. But I put them on last night, and while I do have two ginormous blisters on the backs of my ankles, I also have so much more confidence. Literally, I don't know what it is about those shoes. I think they have maybe at least an inch of a platform or a cushion, but I instantly felt six times taller, six times more confident because I had these ginormous long lean legs all of a sudden. Like the increase of my confidence just by throwing on a pair of shoes? Are you kidding me? The easiest little life hack I could ever give you. Throw on a pair of shoes that has a little bit of a heel, a little bit of a wedge. It doesn't need to be a stiletto. It doesn't need to be anything dramatic. Find yourself a pair of Air Force Ones. Find yourself Steve Madden's with a little bit of a platform. Find yourself, even Birkenstocks can be kind of flattering because they can kind of make your legs look 
longer, even though you might be a shorter person. Now, these are tricks for literally anybody. I don't feel like you should ever sacrifice wearing your favorite shoe because of your height. I feel like that's kind of the fun of it all. And they're heels for a reason. Like, put them on, feel confident, love your long, luscious legs. Now, when it comes to crop tops, I feel like the key to this is just high-waisted pants of any kind. Know that you don't have to look any certain way to wear a crop top. As long as you feel confident, put it on, wear it out, strut it out. I have so many little crop tops that I honestly never wear because I just feel like I don't look good enough or I don't like the way I look or I give myself, you know, 10 million excuses. But put on those little platform shoes so you're already going to have longer legs. Throw on a pair of high-waisted shorts, high-waisted pants, high-waisted skirt, whatever it is. And then another huge hack that I like to do is throw on a big oversized jacket. Now this isn't always going to work if it's an extremely hot day, but sometimes I just like having the security of a jacket. I like being able to kind of hide in it if I really want to, but kind of know underneath that I'm wearing a crop top, I'm owning it, I'm working it. And a lot of times I feel like my biggest insecurities come out at the very beginning of a hangout or a party or a barbecue, whatever. And then I get a lot more comfortable throughout the night. So if I go out with a jacket on, but I have my crop top underneath, I'll probably take my jacket off eventually. And then I'm looking fire in my crop top and my high-waisted pants and my little platform shoes and all of a sudden you're having the best time ever. I didn't realize I was going to have so much fun talking about outfits, but this is phenomenal. The last little bit I want to talk about is dresses, especially for my short friends. Now, it took me a really long time to find dresses that just, I guess, hit me in the right way on my legs so I don't look like I've just chopped my legs in half. Dresses that work really well for me are either, I think, ankle length or ones that even go past my knee and maybe they're form-fitting, maybe they're flowy, whatever it might be, but I feel like that can kind of somehow elongate my body a little bit, especially if it's cinched at the waist. I feel like I feel a lot more confident in those dresses than ones that cut me off right above my knees, especially because I have really ugly knees as I talked about before. It's my most insecure part of my body. So I never really want to show off my knees. So if you do want a short dress that goes above your knees, I like going for dresses that maybe have a bit of a flare at the bottom. That's a bad way to describe it, but maybe they're just not as form-fitting on your knees. So there's a little bit of room to wiggle around. And then I don't feel as self-conscious about showing off my knees in general, but definitely find a dress that accentuates the top half of your body and then don't forget about those little platforms baby how can I get over my fear of speaking in front of a group of people like in a class in a presentation in school I don't care what anybody says we have all been there we have all been nervous to give a presentation we have all been nervous to give a speech to talk in front of a crowd like whether or not you are the most confident person in the room you've been there I would really love to hear an argument of how you've never been nervous my university required us to take a speech class and honestly beforehand I felt like I was just never a confident speaker. I actually ended up taking two speech classes, one for my major and one just for my university degree. And those classes were so important for me to be able to even just be more confident in myself and talking over the phone in meetings, things that I just never really thought about where I needed to hold my head a little bit higher. Those classes helped me tremendously. So let me give you a few of the tips that I learned from those classes. First and foremost, outline what you want to say. And whether or not you're an organized person, give yourself the time to actually outline what you want to say. This is going to give your mind a better chance to go through the ideas in your head, not be in your head to begin with, and have everything actually outlined so you're kind of giving yourself a foolproof pass. The next thing you want to do is 
practice. Practice more times than you think you've ever needed to in your entire life. Anytime you see anybody on stage or giving a motivational speech or maybe they're a comedian on tour, they've practiced the same routine over and over and over again. And your confidence can often coincide with your practice. I feel like there were some times when I would practice so much, my mind would just kind of go on its own. Like my brain wouldn't even be there. I would just walk up to the podium. I'd have to give my speech. And it was like muscle memory. My body just knew exactly what to do because I had practiced so many darn times. I would write my whole speech out. I would bring note cards. I would practice a week before. I would practice the week of. I'd practice the night before, the day of, the morning of, the period right before that speech. I would practice, practice, practice. And honestly, you will feel so much happier with yourself because you know exactly how you're going to perform because you've practiced so many times. Other little things that are so darn helpful is remembering to breathe remembering to speak at pretty much half the level of speed that you think that you need to speak because it's pretty much I think a fact or it's something that's been well researched that when you go in front of a crowd of people you often get a little bit nervous which can cause your voice to speed up a little bit more and then you might even skip over your words and kind of get off track so speak slower than you think you need to take time to pause and understand that pausing is an okay thing to do and try not to fill those pauses with ums or uhs or any kind of speech break. (laughs) I kind of sound like a teacher right now, but I took so many classes on this that I feel like it's so important to speak well. Just be receptive to feedback. Give yourself patience and take deep breaths. I used to get up in front of classes and shake like crazy. Like I would be so darn nervous because I just wanted to be good. I didn't want to mess up and I would get so flushed and embarrassed and nobody wants to see you fail. Everybody just wants to see you succeed. And you know what? Half the time when you're performing in front of a class, nobody's really paying that much attention to begin with. So give yourself some slack. I promise you practicing will change the game for you. Do you think social media has an overall positive or negative effect on your confidence? I think it's so much of both. I think really in the end, it's a lot more positive than it is negative. I think we can absolutely highlight and talk about the negatives. But at the end of the day, social media is one of the coolest things ever. We get to connect with one another from across the entire world. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if social media didn't exist. You wouldn't have any idea who the heck I was. Sure, sometimes, you know, we get false perceptions of people or we're seeing highlight reels that give us an idea in our head that is not the full picture of somebody or Facetune, etc., etc. But I think it's so important to look at what are the really positive things that social media has done for our world and how can it help us grow as people, learn and adapt and grow and connect with people from across the world that are outside of probably our own personal bubble, which will probably expand our values and our personal beliefs. So I'm going to say overall, it's definitely more positive than negatives. There's negatives to everything, but what kind of life is it if we're only focusing on the negatives? You make it look so easy to just be yourself on camera any advice? First off, thank you. I feel like that's a really big compliment because I definitely do try very hard to just be natural. I feel like that's counterintuitive, but I always want to just be myself. And I think it's really important for me to just turn on the camera and just be Taylor because at the end of the day, if I'm not being me, I feel like ultimately you're going to see right through that. It's going to be very, very obvious. I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but I really do think that practice does make you a lot better when it comes to talking to yourself on camera. I know when I first started out, I was so 
darn awkward because if you even take a second and like flip open your phone, flip open your phones, everybody, everybody whip out your flip phones, <laughs> turn on your camera and start talking to yourself, even just for a minute. It's very uncomfortable. It's really strange. You don't really know what you even want to say or how you can talk to the camera without looking absolutely wild. So truly, I remember a few different times before I even made my first YouTube video, I kept practicing in my car. Like I would go home from work and I'd just turn on my camera and I would just start talking. I would pretty much just try and practice, I guess, until I feel more and more comfortable. And even now I've been doing YouTube for seven months, seven, seven, eight months, something like that. Oh my gosh, we're in July. That means eight months. Wow. Happy eight month anniversary. Oh my gosh, it was yesterday. Okay, cool. So eight months as of yesterday, I've been doing YouTube. And even now, like it just feels like I'm finally finding my comfort level, my voice, my ability to talk on camera. All of that is only just happening now. So it's not going to happen overnight. And honestly, sometimes I just kind of had to fake it till I made it. I know a lot of people don't love that phrase, but for me, sometimes if I'm in a bad mood, I'll throw a smile on and sometimes I'll feel a little bit better. It doesn't mean I'm covering up my problems. It doesn't mean I'm ignoring my sadness. It just means for that moment, if I'm going to throw a smile on, I'm going to all of a sudden kind of feel good for a second and I'm okay with that. In some situations with different friends, I'm more confident than other times. So how do you overcome this? Ugh, I wish I had a good answer to that question because it's a really good question. You know, honestly, if I'm just being completely candid, I'm really notorious for being like the definition of this question. I feel like there are some times where I'm in certain groups or I'm just kind of feeling so me, so Taylor, just happy and happy-go-lucky and just not really, you know, giving a care. Giving a care. Not really having a care. But then there's other times where I feel just so small. Like I feel like the smallest person in the room. And it's always so hard for me to remind myself in that moment that I am accepted in that group. I am wanted. I was invited for a reason or I'm there for a reason. Things like that I think can help me in the moment recognize that I'm kind of probably all in my head. And I usually sit there just very uncomfortable with myself. And I'm really not Taylor whatsoever. I am much more in my head and I'm just sitting there, you know, pretty quiet because I just don't feel like I am blending in with the group as much as I do with other people. And you know, kind of at the end of the day, you end up sticking around with people that motivate you to be your best self. And sometimes there are just people in our lives that, you know, you don't connect with as well as others. And I don't think that's ever really a bad thing. Sometimes I think it can help you be well informed about which groups make you feel better about yourself because then you can kind of recognize when you felt really good about yourself and when you were feeling really self-conscious. And the groups that make you feel more self-conscious can hopefully help you grow and understand how valued you really are and to not be so in your head. And then the groups that uplift you can help make sure that you remain humble. Give some advice about friends who are saying mean things to you, but quote unquote joke about it. Well, geez louise. <sighs> this is a really tough one because I feel like there's a lot of friendships that kind of thrive off of that quote unquote humor. Like they think it's a really fun time to just kind of poke fun at one another. And I'm all for a good time. I am all about, you know, just hanging out with people and also just not taking yourself too seriously. But I do think there comes a time when jokes can cross the line and people can be just far too harmful or hurtful. And maybe they don't even recognize it. Maybe the joke 
folks have gone on for so long that it's just kind of escalated and gotten to the point where it is now where they're quote unquote joking about it, but it's really hurting your feelings. And the best thing that you need to do in this situation is straight up talk to them about it. You don't need to be really rude. You don't need to make a big scene about it. But if it's something that is continually reoccurring and it's something that's actually very hurtful to you, bottling it up is not going to help you whatsoever. You need to talk to the person, whether that's via text, if that's most comfortable with you, preferably in person, I think would be a little bit stronger. But just saying, hey, that doesn't really sit that well with me. Or, you know, it used to be kind of fun to make these jokes, but now I'm kind of over it. Would it be okay if we stopped? Simple as that. Just a one little sentence phrase. If they're a good friend, they'll say, absolutely. If they're not, they'll maybe make a little fuss about it. And you know what? At the end of the day, we don't need toxic people in our lives. And if they're going to continue to make fun of you, quote unquote, as a joke, then maybe you need to reevaluate where your friendship stands to begin with. How do you maintain your confidence when you see the quote unquote ideal body type online? Well, my friends, I feel like the most important thing I constantly tell myself is that it is such a niche group of people that have this quote unquote ideal body type. And I think it's a quote unquote ideal body type for a reason because that's an ideal that's basically made up by society. There is no such thing as an ideal body type if we really break it down. It's socially constructed. But I do have to constantly remind myself that this is just like half of a decimal of the population of the world. I do think in my younger years, I was a lot more influential when it came to to letting quote-unquote ideal body types get to me and seeing them and then feeling bad about myself. But I think as I've gotten a little bit older, I've realized that I am so okay with being who I am and striving to have the best body that I can have and not taking what I have for granted. For example, I have an abled body. That in itself is already a privilege. And I'm also somebody that was born five feet, two inches tall. So I am going to strive for my health and my fitness to be as fit as I can be or as I want to be at five feet, two inches tall. And I don't want to compare myself or get so upset with myself when I'm looking at people that are six foot tall models. It's just not realistic and it's really detrimental to my mindset because it's never going to be my body. And I'm okay with that. I really am. And it took me a really long time to realize that. And I think that once I recognized that who I am and what I have with my body is already a blessing and it's already something I don't want to take for granted, I was a lot happier. And I stopped looking at people online comparatively and a lot more for celebrating what they've accomplished and what they look like and not letting their beauty take my beauty away. How do you feel confident in who you are right now while still trying to improve? I think a lot of times we are our own biggest critics. Most of the time, things that we tell ourselves are way harsher than something nobody would ever think or even say to us. And I think changing our mindset first and foremost is going to help live a healthier and happier life. Right now, I am personally on a little bit of a fitness journey, whether that's specifically in regards to my 75 hard journey or it's just me as somebody trying to live a healthy lifestyle. And I'm nowhere near where I want to be, but I I've made significant strides from where I started. And I think it can be really difficult for me to recognize how far I've come, especially when I have days where I just don't feel great or I feel gross or I just don't feel like I've hit any of my goals, etc, etc. And something that always helps me is being able to look back at how far I've come. I even saw this really adorable TikToker 
on TikTok today. And it was this man. And forgive me because I don't think I remember his username. But basically, he started, I want to say almost a month ago, saying that he wanted to give up fizzy drinks. And I think when he says fizzy drinks, he means sodas. So he said, the doctors really want me to give up fizzy drinks. I think it's really important for my health. I need to stop making excuses for myself. Today is day one of no fizzy drinks. And he's pretty much been doing updates ever since day one. And the last video I just saw of him today was day 26. The difference in this man's persona, his energy, even his face, this man, this man is a different human being. He is thriving. He is beautiful. He is confident. I wanted to just scream it from the rooftops other than just the comment section. Like he needs to know how amazing his progress is. And I hope he can see that too. Because a lot of times when I'm in the moment, I'm in the journey, it's so hard for me to recognize how far I've come until I maybe look back at old pictures or maybe even look back at an old planner or a journal entry and see how far my mindset has even come. It's very hard to be kind to yourself when you're in the middle of a journey because you're only thinking about your quote unquote end result when really your journey is making you who you are. And that sounds, again, so cheesy. I'm full of these like philosophical, classic quotes. I mean, I just want the fizzy drink man to recognize how far he's come. And even though he set out on like a three-month-long journey, he's already made such significant strides three weeks in. And I hope he sees that too. I mean, I can see that in him, but I also need to see that kind of positivity in myself. Sure, I haven't gone as far as I want to go. Or sure, I haven't reached my quote-unquote goal. Or I haven't finished my 75-day challenge. But that doesn't mean I've already not made significant progress thus far and that should not be discredited either. Whatever your journey might be, don't forget about it. Be present in that moment. Remember your journey. Be confident in how far you've come and take some gosh darn progress pictures so you can look back at your gosh darn progress. Mike fucking drop. <laughs> I say gosh darn and then I say fucking. <laughs> Okay, this was so, so cool for me. I've obviously never done a Q&A before, as if I have so many previous episodes. But this was a really good, refreshing podcast setup for me. I think it was awesome that it felt like I was pretty much just talking with so many of you and answering so many more of your questions. I think there's so many more that I just haven't even reached yet. And to that, I want to say I sincerely apologize because if I could answer every single one of your questions, I would create the longest podcast in the history of podcasts just so I could talk to you all and make sure that all of your voices are being heard. But hopefully each of these answers or questions is able to encompass maybe a question that you already had that could hopefully be answered by this. So I just want to say that I love you all so much and I really appreciate your support for this podcast. Starting this has been one of the most rewarding things I've ever done for myself and just a, a friendly reminder to go out and find your Italian fest. Just hit record and do that thing that's scaring you that you've been thinking about, that you've been wanting to start this is your gosh darn signal this is the sign that you want I'm screaming it in your ear right now go do that thing that you've always wanted to do there's no better fucking time like the present I love you all so much thank you for tuning into another episode of don't get it twisted please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast whatever streaming platform that you are listening to also go ahead and subscribe to the youtube channel so we can reach a thousand subscribers so that I can make more content for you and I can monetize the channel etc 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 follow me on instagram at taylorwoods with two l's email me any questions that you might have in the future at hello at twistypod.com stay tuned for another episode next monday where we are going to get a little bit untwisted baby i love you so much happy july bye